0: Do you think you could beat
1: her? I know I can beat her.
0: You know you can beat her. Very confident.
1: I'm very confident.
0: You say it so easily. Why?
1: Because I believe it. cut right here
2: that, And let me tell you what. What she has said. She said it with so much confidence the first time. But you keep going on and on. So we can't keep it interrupting. I mean, if you want... You got to understand that you're dealing with an image of a 14-year-old child. And this child going to be out there playing when your old ass and me going to be in the grave. When she says something, we done told you what's happening. You're dealing with a little black kid and let her be a kid. She's going to answer it with a lot of confidence. Leave that alone. What do you feel inside when you're on court? I
3: feel good.
0: I feel we, good. In we in here? Yeah, we in here? Cause we been here, we in here, yeah we in here. Cause we been here, we in here, yeah we in here. Cause we, we, we can here, get of us now. We in here, there we in
2: here. Cause we can here, get of us now. We in here, yeah we in here. Cause we, we can here,
4: yeah, we in here. We we can't get here. of us now. And you know we, in here. we don't ever go away. Cause we been here. That's it.
3: Hello, hello, and welcome back to another Monday of Black versus the Board of Education. My name is Miss Laureen, and I'm your hostess with the mostess. And as you can see, the crew is here, the gang's out here, and they're waving and stuff, so that must mean they wanna tell you who's in the building. So let's go ahead and start with the most animated one of the crew. Uh, let's go ahead and say, hey, what's up, Sam? <laughs> hello, I'm Samuel. Um,
1: 11 I'm in fifth grade. I'm homeschooled and I
3: like sports. Awesome. Welcome back to the party, Miss Anaya. Go ahead and say hey. Hey
5: everyone, my name is Anaya and I'm currently a junior in high school.
3: Great. Uh Miss Melissa, say hello.
5: Hi everyone.
6: I'm Melissa and I am a 15-year-old sophomore in the Southern California area.
7: Oh, we're always glad to have y'all back. And Miss Jada, go ahead and round us out. Hey, y'all. Um, I'm Jada, a homeschooled junior, and I'm so glad to be back with you all. Awesome. So listen, we have some guests joining us at, at,
3: at some point. Um, and I know that, uh, Jada, your dad's here. So we'll go ahead and bring him on um, so he can introduce himself. And then uh, Melissa's dad will be joining shortly, as well as Samuel's dad. Um, but go ahead, Brandon, say hello to the people.
8: Hello, hello, my name is Brandon. I am in Northern California and yes, I I am Jada's dad.
3: Oh, fantastic, y'all look like twins, go ahead now. All right, and then uh, while we wait for the other dads, I just wanna ask, everybody saw the movie, right? Everybody saw it? Yes, okay, so let's start with the beginning what stuck out to you the most or let's not even start with the beginning let's start just overall as you're thinking back on what you saw give me one part that stood out to you the most and let me go to Jada give me one part that stuck out
7: um like a specific part of the movie or yeah
3: yeah um um I'd say was- and wait, before you do, I'm so sorry. I forgot to say we are talking, we are reflecting on the movie King Richard about Richard Williams, uh, the father of Venus and Serena. We're going to give you our opinions on the movie and tell you why, if you have not seen it, you probably should consider it. So I'm sorry about that, Jaden. Let me go right back to you and tell me something that stuck out to you about this movie.
7: Um, Something that stuck out to me was King Richard's protectiveness over keeping his children as children, and not having them grow up too fast in the eyes of the public, especially that part about the interview when you know he kept asking her, "Why are you so confident? Are you sure? Like this is not." He was all like, "She already answered. Let her be a kid." Like, like I said, yeah. the reporter was trying to break her confidence. Like, "Are you sure? Yeah. Like, why are you so confident?" So I, yeah, that's something I really noticed. Anaya, for me,
5: for me, what stuck out was when I think it was at the country club that they were at, and Richard was sitting with um, three other guys, three other white guys, let me just be specific. And okay, they but were talking everything. And we don't goes, want to give it a
3: spoiler something. alert. Don't spoil it, don't spoil it. But give me some overall. Oh, okay, okay.
5: Just um, <laughs> uh, how he was blunt, how blunt he was with the things he said. Okay,
3: I'll take that.
1: I'll take that, Samuel. Ah. Uh, well, one thing i focused on is how he 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 worked them he uh build uh built up their work ethic he, uh-huh. he they he trained with them every day but he didn't over train them he never did too much he always let let them be them but he always trained with them he always put put some some emphasis to get better, but he always wanted them to just be kids. That's what stuck with me. Okay, Mm -hmm. Melissa.
6: I have two parts that stuck out, but I'm only gonna say one, I'll keep it with one. I like the part where, without giving too much away, where he was talking to the police officers and saying that, yes, he works his kids hard, but it's because he loves them and it's because he wants them to be the best people that they can be, not just the best people, but the best black people and the best black girls that they can be. He wants them to know that they are worth more than the world's gonna try and tell them they are. So he wanted them to really know their worth and know that they could achieve a lot more than they may have thought they could.
7: And okay. backing up with what Millie said, I really liked how uh, King Richard was like, didn't nobody have respect for King Richard, but he going to respect y'all. And I was like, okay. Okay, that's what you like. So, Brandon, as you watch the
3: movie, um, I'm I'm curious, uh, just full disclosure, I didn't grow up with a dad in the home. And so a lot of what I saw in terms of people thinking that dads are too hard on, and specifically, let's talk about their girls in this sense, now, as a father of a teenage daughter, um, do you find similarities in the way in which um, Richard Williams was portrayed by Will Smith? Do you see similarities in your style of parenting and his style? <laughs>
8: um, <laughs> Why I you would, <laughs> I mean, I would say yes, um, and and I think that what stands out for me in the movie is, you know, like Sam made a, you know. A a, a comment about the, the phrase too too hard, right? And depending upon who you you were asking, um that idea of too hard was different. You know, the like the neighbor across the street thought it was too hard, but is she a tennis champion? So what does she know? You know? Um and then and then she she called the police. The police showed showed up and he had the speech about you know being hard on them. As a parent, you're trying to help your child, you know, be successful. You're trying to help equip them with not only skills, but a mentality that they're going to need too. you know, I mean, you see what's going on with, with 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 COVID and how that's affecting, you know, how mental health is kind of coming to the forefront as it relates to the idea of resiliency, because life will and can throw a lot at you. And if you're not resilient enough to be able to mentally push through that stuff, you know, be it training to be a tennis champion or just not losing your mind. If you're not resilient enough, something's going to break you. And so he was just trying to, to, to build them them up so that they would be able to, uh, to endure the road ahead of them.
3: Mm. And so uh, let me start with the girls, and then Sam, I'll come to you, um, young ladies. Do you think that your dads are too hard on you? Would you say that your dad is too hard on you and you could be honest jada you can be honest i got your back uh, <laughs> do you interpret i'm hard me? on her
8: i'm strict yeah
3: <laughs> we said her jada do you think your dad is too hard on you yes why or why not
7: i There will be times where I will feel like he is being too hard. And, you know, I know that a lot of adults and a lot of people in the family is like, you know, he just wants the best for you. You know, he loves you. He has his own way of expressing his love for you. He just wants to see you do great things, which is understandable. Um, But, you know, in the eyes of me, sometimes I'll feel like, well, I still want to live a little like I still want to have that sense of freedom, that sense of like liberty. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel like. A majority of that freedom or liberty can be blocked because everybody has these big plans for me. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah, okay. I I can say at times it can get a bit overwhelming. But yeah, okay. Melissa, is your dad too hard
3: on you?
6: No, I feel like as a as a as a kid, as you know, as a child, you can think that they're being a parent is being too hard on you. I feel like my mom is harder on me than my dad is. But it's all for a good reason. So like in the moment, I might be upset about that, but I can kind of try and see it from their perspective and understand. But Like I said, like as the child, I'm not going to always agree with what's happening. And in the moment, I'm going to think, yeah, it's I wish I could do more than I'm able to do, but I do understand it.
3: OK, and I did see uh, Matt come in, Matt, if you're still there, go ahead and turn on your camera. Oh, there you go. Uh, so we got another dad in the building. Before we go to Matt, uh, Anaya, is your dad too hard on you? Why or why not?
5: No, I don't think my dad is too hard on me. Um, might be because I'm the only girl. So he, he I think he babies me. But we have, like, mm-hmm. unspoken rules kind of where, like, we have boundaries where I know I can't do this um, because, you know, I'm breaking, like his trust, or, like, I'm doing something that's not good, Um, he doesn't really yell at me. He's just, he's just, like, there, and Mm -hmm. there's, like, rules and things that I have to follow because he is my father. Um, Like, I could go to him and ask him for things, and he'll tell me yes or he'll tell me no, Um, Mm -hmm. but I do that, you know, my parents do have a lot of trust in me, so that also um, explains the way that I'm treated by them, so I don't think he's hard on me, really.
3: Yeah, and, and you know, I was when I was watching the movie. One of the things that stuck out to me is after he had trained them and worked them for a few hours, he turns around and he says, Venus Williams, who's your best friend? And she said, You are daddy. And he turns to Serena, who's your best friend? She said, Venus, and then you. And he said, That's that's messed up or that's cold or something like that. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Matt. All right, well as as we're looking at this movie and and you guys i want to give you uh i want to play this clip for you and, and then we'll come back to it so check this out
9: richard williams coaches and manages his daughter venus's career as well as her younger sister serena i understand you were reluctant to let venus turn pro you say, you say I and if you i heard that you told the producer a parent i'll be shot for letting a 14 year old turn pro yeah
2: you have to feel that way It, it just that i don't want to be shot <laughs> you <laughs> just said you don't want to be shot <laughs>
9: And why, why do you say that? Because
2: I say that because when a child is 14 years old, they're not ready for professional tennis. I don't know about any other career, but professional tennis, no way. Why? Well, the schedule, the amount of tournaments, the amount of things that's given to them. Discipline. Yes. And sports education, has the tendency of conflicting with each other. So I really want my daughter to be educated. You know, most of the time people come to me and talk to me about millions of dollars. But money do not make you a better person. 90% of most people do It does not.
9: (laughs) But it it just enhances the person that you are. I always say if you were a jerk before you had- I do, I say this. you were a jerk before you had money, then you're just a jerk with some money when you get money. Yeah, Yeah, but if you don't have anything to go along with it, it doesn't mean anything.
2: Well, actually what happened in, in, in sports, Usually, the kids come out and they become great stars in sports, but they have no idea of what taxes is about or finance and or investment. Right. So, on paper, it look like they have a lot of money, but when their careers are over, they have zero. Correct. So, I believe that for my kids, it's Correct. best for my kids to have a great education. And if the money going to be there, if they're going to be superstars, they can come later.
9: So, you're saying all this, but she turned pro. Yeah. <laughs> and so, what kind of a schedule do you have, Venus? I don't even have a schedule yet. I don't even know what term I'm going to play, but maybe about five my dad lets me. About five, if he lets you. Yes. So school comes first still. Yes, it still comes first. And how are the grades? I have straight A's. Great. So she's
3: trying to to turn pro. He's like, yeah, you could turn pro, but I'm still going to run this and that turned a lot of people off right because they wanted her they wanted to be able to do with her what they wanted to do but they had to go back be, they had to go uh, through her father to get to her and i don't think people are necessarily um used to that they're used to us kind of leaving you guys out there to fend for yourself but this is somebody this was a father who was actively engaged in not only the rearing of his children but very very instrumental in their careers and their training uh, to be tennis superstars. And I do see Mr. Grady, Matt, did you have a chance to watch the movie?
4: I didn't have a chance to watch the movie, but as a father and an entertainer and with my children being entertainers, I know this enough to say, man, if you don't understand what I'm about to say, who raised you? First of all, look, if you gonna put access anywhere to my babies, especially my girls, yes, I'm still in this. Yes, I'm still the one leading it because I was the one that's in their life. Yeah, of course, if I was a father that just didn't have a common clue of a sense, but do you know, when? and I wanna make sure I say the right words, when it comes to certain brands of anything, they may have a, may have a motive that has nothing to do with your best interest for your child. Your black child, be it at that, Um, your black daughter, be it at that. Let's just be realistic. So no one's going to go after that best interest as much as you do. And I know when it comes to any father who is really in his daughter's life, we don't play. We do not play that. It is a freaking program. And I'm not going to let a brand or entity say, okay, or. the first red flag I'm teaching my daughter is if they don't want your dad involved or something, you already should look at it like, no, I'm cool on that, you know? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day.
3: Yeah. So him and so- saying I,
4: run, I still run this, is I'm still involved in my daughter, my minor child, my child's life in this. Like You're not going to say, oh, we're going to sign her, but make sure your father knows nothing and he has no uh, decisions or anything involved in it. It's just real funny. Pay attention. I don't trust a situation that wants a man out of his child's life anyway. Boom, mic Mm. drop.
3: Who raised you? He said boom, mic drop. Okay. So Samuel, you had a chance to watch the movie. Um, And so as, as, uh, let me take the flip side. So as a young man whose father is absolutely present, you know he has certain things that he expects from you. Do you think your dad and you gonna stretch? Okay. Um, do you think your dad is hard on you as a young young man, young young boy?
1: No, not really. Sometimes, but I understand where he's coming from. I I so, mostly. So first you said no, not really. Then you said
3: sometimes, and then you said you understand. So it, is it's, that...
1: it's all it's all connected. No, okay. not really. Yeah. Not really. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like it can be hard on me, but not, but I, I understand where he's coming from on, like, his what do student. you understand? Tell me what like, you understand. Like on sports, when he pushes me, I understand he just wants the best for me.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: Or, and then and I, as, as your
3: grades and, and as you develop and you grow into a man, um, do you think that He's very deliberate in the things that he does to make sure you're prepared. He
1: I would say, I would say he's deliberate.
3: Okay. All right. Because I think that there's this um, there's this assumption and we've been forced read things through the media, right? And they tell us that Black fathers are not involved, that Black fathers are deadbeats, that Black fathers don't want anything to do with their children. But we know statistically that Black fathers are the most involved demographic of fathers there are. So um, Brandon, as a father of a teenage girl, um, did you ever think that maybe you weren't prepared enough to raise a girl? Or did you think that you were ever, did you ever second guess your parenting or how you would parent this child
8: or your child? Uh, Yeah, I don't know if I ever second guessed it. I mean, I don't know. I I didn't didn't think of it like that. You know, I was I was raised Mm -hmm. to, you know, try and do the best job possible, whatever it is that I'm doing. And so I think that the focus was more how can I try and do the best that I can as it relates to raising versus, oh, I'm not cut out for this or you know, second guess this or second guess that. I mean, do I think that I'm a perfect father? No, there is no human being that's perfect and there's always room for, for, for improvement. So no, I, I don't think that I am a perfect father. I, I mean, I think that I'm a good dad but I don't think that I'm a perfect dad uh, and there's always room for, for, for improvement.
3: Now, let me ask you this because you're here and I don't see the other fathers just yet. Um, and I know Matt is here, has anybody on the outside tried to insert themselves into your parenting dynamic by trying to kind of check you on the way that you were relating to your child? And either one of y'all can answer that.
4: Um, <laughs> that 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 almost happened in my community once, um, where they even called because, you know, with how I interact with my son versus how I may interact with my daughter two different ways. And I feel like it was a situation where <clears throat> I would say it was tested to see how much I stood on that fatherhood. And I actually found myself in a situation in the past a while ago, actually facing authority and the community. But one of the things is important, I don't teach, I try not to teach my-
3: Uh-oh. So- Something's going on with his reception. um, You have your hand up, Melissa? Is that what I saw?
6: Yeah, I was going to say, I know I am not a father, but my parents are divorced. But I know from family members, you know, saying things behind my dad's back, you know, questioning a lot of stuff with the way my dad is involved with me and my sister. um, I definitely know that it has been, you know, questioned coming from that perspective.
3: Okay, we're going to try to get Matt back up here. Matt,
4: you were saying that you had it tested. Um, Yeah, guys, and I'm sorry for everyone, one of you guys are listening. I've tried so hard to make sure I'm here holding you guys down every Monday. You know what I'm out here doing and filming for a great cause. But um, it's just, it was questioned for me for authority wise to, I do know that systematically it is, it hurts to say this, but it's not normal or so-called as being shown or said that we aren't involved or we're all deadbeats. It's um, hard as we'll go and as hard as we'll fight for our children. But I also teach my children to go above and beyond of what my generation knows, of what the generation before me knows, and to keep on you know, seeking that next level of understanding, of emotional support, mental mm-hmm. support, when it comes to financial literacy, our history, like, mm-hmm. you know how I really believe that there were HBCUs everywhere that so with that being said, we treat life like a business and when it comes to business of their life, I'm like their 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 attorney and, and and nobody else ain't snatching my babies up without coming through me first, the big the big wolf cub at the end of the day. Gotcha,
3: gotcha, and I see. Mr. Eric has joined the party and we were we're sitting here and we're talking about reflecting on the movie King Richard and I just asked the dads, was there ever a time that somebody on the outside inserted themselves into your situation, um, maybe calling some sort of um, authority on you because they didn't appreciate the way you were relating to your children? So I put that question out there. Uh, Melissa said that she's heard certain things um, you shaking your head, no, so are we not going to touch that? No, um, go ahead. I was to say, well, cause
6: since my parents are divorced, I know I've heard things from family members saying different things, but like authorities, no, like the, the scene in King Richard, no, but like family members saying certain things about the way he interacts with me and my sister,
3: yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Brandon, what do you think?
8: Yeah, there definitely have have been people uh, who have tried to um, interject and you know have opinions uh, about the way that I interact with 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 Jada, and I was raised that children are the next level. Okay, so I mean, when I look at myself and I look at the things you know that, that my parents accomplished and the things that they had by certain ages and various things of 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 that nature, I mean they. They raised me in such a way to where I had access to things that they didn't have, and they wanted me to have access to those things so that I could be the next level of whatever it is that they're you know doing, achieving, and otherwise. And you know, I, I look at Jada and I think about her in in that same manner, you know, as it relates to I want to expose you and I want you to have the things that you need in in order to one, not not make some of the same mistakes that that I made. But then, by not being able to make some of those mistakes, you you can get a head start on some of the things that you need in life that are going to truly benefit you to take you as far as you want to go in life. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, again, I I try and focus on the mentality a lot, you know, as it relates to you know being men- mentally tough because sometimes people just break down in life because they they can't push push through they they can't in in endure certain things so um so yeah my mother-in-law has has said things you've you've said things my mom has said things um and and just so
3: everybody knows Jada is my daughter this is my husband He's saying you said thing I need to be clear that he's talking about me because again as full disclosure I did not have a dad in the home when I was growing up the ways that I see Brandon interact with Jada I'm like now if you was my dad and you was in my house we would have some problems because I don't like that but that's just me because I, you know, in hindsight, um, but I didn't understand the dynamic that a father has with his daughter because I've never experienced that. And so, um, as Brandon, I, as expressed, I was watching,
4: it, Brandon expressed it the best
3: He said, Brandon expressed it the best way put himself Bra- on mute. Brandon,
4: he, <laughs> oh, he really, my bad, he really expressed it the best way, having access to that and really being advocate for supersede the status quo of not status quo outside but look at our family paradigm and breaking it down and it doesn't matter when you're a father and you're willing to spend the rest of your life cracking the code of that next level just so that next generation can spend their life cracking that code to me that is that is that happiness and that's what it is to fathers for us to hold on to and that relationship really means that really being a part of shifting that paradigm. That building those legacies so they're bigger than the one before, and as a father, that is that is for real to us. And it, and mm-hmm. sometimes we're really hard about it. Black fathers like, mm, like I'm I'm gonna have fun with you. We're, <laughs> we're the most we're the most lenient and friendliest, but that's why we don't want to be your friend, and we want the program done because it means that much to us. No man wants to feel like his legacy will crumble apart by his hand or his empire. So a man who understands that these are pieces of me. That uh, even though I haven't seen the movie, I mean, some people may not understand that a black man, especially of the different culture from this, is really like, no, Uh, this is how it's going to be. And I'm skeptical about someone who doesn't want to see me in the picture,
3: Mm. Mr. Eric. I want you to jump in here because we have yet to hear your your voice. Um, I'm I'm listening, (laughs)
10: I'm taking it all in.
3: Okay, so we'll come back to you then. go ahead and listen and t- but I, I you know there's there's a part in the movie where um you have uh Richard talking to uh I think he was one of the coaches, and he was sitting at this table. He was making a decision, but his wife was sitting right there and then um what I noticed in that dynamic again, a lot of times you know black couples are not really highlighted in this way. But what she did was allow something to take place that she may not have agreed with. And then after that person left, she said, you know, basically I'm a rock with you this time, but don't do that again. Consider me and talk things through with me so that basically they can be on the same page. And and that, that dynamic illustrated a lot about how Brandon and I uh, communicate when it comes to Jada. A lot of times I feel like, oh, you just making decisions and you ain't said me and I'm supposed to roll with it. And so we we end up doing this instead of doing this, being on that same page. And I thought that that was beautifully illustrated because a lot of times when they talk about black parents, co-parents, or however you know folks are interacting in this way, they never show the dynamic that we actually are really trying to work together to build something great for our children, right? Um, And that's one of the things that stuck out. And I see we got another dad in the building. This is Sam's dad, Mr. Hundley. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you up here and we'll have Anaya here. Um, And so we're talking about uh, King Richard. We're talking about the ways in which uh, dads parent their daughters and how um, sometimes either society is um, describing you as deadbeats or they're thinking that you all are too hard on your children. And so I'm just trying to get y'all to weigh in just a little bit because you all are very, very present in your children's lives. You're very, very active. Um, And I want them just to see some beautiful black men holding it down for their children. So go ahead, Mr. Eric, I see your hand moving.
10: So I think that, you know, society is not used to seeing black fathers parent period. So when the movie came out, they made it such a big deal this is how we interact with our children all the time. So it's not, mm. anything, it's not anything new, you know, this has been going on since day one. Um, I think that it was a, a sneak peek yeah. on for the world to see how we interact with our daughters and our children. You know, um, <clears throat> it's interesting because, you know, when when white fathers are parenting their kids, they don't highlight it, they don't talk about it but as soon as we interact with our children they make it seem like it's something special and something you know something different that we don't do all the time you know he had he had a beautiful dynamic because he saw something that nobody else could see and we all see that in our children you always want what's the best for your kids and i think richards thing was that he saw something but he didn't always share it with his wife and so he was making decisions on his own <laughs> knowing that she was going to stand by him and she was going to be okay with it. So he just made the decision anyway, without consulting her. Don't necessarily agree with it, but it's just a funny dynamic on how his brain worked.
3: Mm. Uh, Mr. Shamar, you want to weigh in a little bit?
11: Can you give me a question? Cause I'm, I'm a little behind. <laughs> yeah. gonna...
3: No problem. No problem. We're just talking about um, black fathers and how, you know, even with this movie, and we'll get into the criticism of the movie in a minute, um, but the fact that people seem to be shocked, one, that Black fathers are involved in this level, and that it takes a strong Black father to build very strong children, um, and, and how that dynamic comes across. Now, Samuel told us that he don't think you too hard on him. Um, he thinks that, you know, but then he said, no, not really, yeah, kind of, sort of, well. I understand why he's doing what he's doing. So as a black father, who's absolutely involved in his children's lives, what is it that you want folks to understand about black parenting, black fathers and how they parent? And what is it that you wanna see in terms of your children's um, ability to really sustain in life? I'll say that.
11: Okay, well, first of all, I mean, the media, and society makes it as if having a black father in a home is like the unicorn situation in society. So that's the first situation. And it's, it's it's the media depiction of the black male and how we are viewed that we're never there, we're never involved, if we are, it's a rarity. And that's not the case. There's more black fathers than they're being portrayed. And that's the, that's the issue. So that's the first thing. For me, I have Black sons. So for me, I have to give them the structure. I have to give them the guidance for one, to be better than I am. I always want them to be better than I am. And I strive for them to do more than what I do. So I want them to see what I'm doing as an example. And then I want them to go ahead and strive to even take it to another level. So then when they have children and if they have sons, our daughters they can have them strive to be even better than they are so it's mm-hmm. holding up a standard and creating a standard they they have to look up to and to achieve it that's the most important aspect for me as a father and to show them what a man looks like and to show them that it's okay to be you know ambitious but it's okay also to be vulnerable it's okay to have emotions, it's okay to get frustrated, but it's but also to take those frustrations and make the motivation to do better. So I try to show them all aspects of life of what a man is, and then use that as a footprint for them to continue to strive to be better men as they grow older, and you know become professionals, and you know at some point have children of their own and have a family of their own. They can take the foundation that I brought to them and expand upon it so that's my goal
3: gotcha gotcha and I, I remember there was um, a quote in the movie that um, he said that there's nothing more dangerous than uh, a smart woman who can make good decisions or something like that Um, I can't remember that I, I didn't quote it right but um, I know it says something to that effect so Shamar let me you ask you and you then mean. I'm gonna come to the other daddies <laughs> let me ask you um, you don't have daughters, but do you think your parenting style would be any different if you did?
11: No, 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 no. I don't think it would be because, to be honest, regardless if I had sons or daughters, the the, the standard is going to be the same. It just mm. changes the the gender role. Instead of them being great men, they got to be sophisticated, strong black women. And then they got to know no. what to look for in a man. So then I'm Ooh. changing. Then I'm changing the perspective to give them an example of what a man looks like, so that when they see men, they gotta hold them up to a standard that I per, that I portray. And if they don't, mm. they cut them off. So it, it's the same. It's the same plan. It just changed the gender roles. So Ooh. no, I wouldn't
3: change. It. I love that answer. I absolutely love that answer, Mister Eric. You smiled as he was talking. What was going through your mind?
10: <laughs> well, I have a son and I have daughters, right? So okay. Um, for me, um, because their personalities are different, um, I've had to um, adjust how I teach and how I raise them. You know, um, Maya, my youngest, you know, she's a little bit more softer, so I have to handle her a little bit differently. However, I'm firm with them all. You know, just as a as a dad, you have to know the personalities and how to reach them individually. Because, you know, for us, just using the same thing for everybody doesn't always work. And I grew up in a household we were all handled the same way. And, mm. you know, there's always been, you know, in, in the era I grew up in, there's always been like this mold that, you know, the, you spare rods rod, spoil the child, right? And this, we were all raised that way. You know, however, you know, through life, I've learned um, to um, teach a little bit differently It's what works for us.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Anaya, as you're listening to these dads talk about their parenting style, do you see any similarities uh, with your dad? Um, With what
5: Mr. Shamar said, with how he wouldn't change his raising if he did have a daughter, but he would say different things to her, I definitely see that with my dad, because I do think that he's a little tougher on my brothers and he um, expects more out of them. Mm -hmm. But I think I was just naturally just always able to like, just be like, um, I guess like the standard of what he already expected out of us. So I was just like Mm -hmm. there, but he also wanted to raise my brothers and have them be strong and protect them. And also me. And um, so it's definitely different um, raising sons and daughters. I don't know because I don't have any kids, but I definitely see that in my parents. Thank
3: how,
8: God.
5: Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> how they're raising my brothers to be like strong and protective, and then they're raising me to also be able to handle myself. Okay. So and then also, what my dad expecting a lot out of me. He says it, but he doesn't have to repeat it. Like he would tell mm. me the time, and then I just know. And then if I, um don't meet the expectation he talks to me about it and we rarely have serious conversations but when we do I really know I need to get my stuff together because like we always play around each other and he's like Anaya okay I understand how you're feeling however you need to do this this and that I'd be like okay I know but I don't say I know because then my parents yeah. are like well if you know then do it and I'm like
3: okay <laughs> so yeah I definitely right. see some in that <laughs> okay. And so Sam, as you were watching this movie, um tell me about um the scene cuz first of all, I never I didn't know that Mr. Richard had more children than the ones in his home with Venus and Serena. I didn't know about that. Um but as as a kid that's growing up under this um under a father who expects things from you, and he helps, you know, like he's on you constantly about it. Is that something that you think that you've learned to just do or, or um, kind of, is it something that, that just comes with being your, your daddy's son? Or is it something that you just like, man, I just, I just don't want to even engage on that level.
1: I, Does that make sense? Um, I can see it. It's, it, I I can see what you're trying to say. So. Oh thank mm. you. What do you think about it?
3: <laughs> I
1: think that
3: And would you of, like me to rephrase? I'll try I can try to rephrase what I'm what yes, my thought
1: process
3: you, was. Okay. Can, can so what I'm you, saying is, you know, we have it. we have we live in these homes with these gentlemen that y'all call dads and they expect certain things from you. Do you think that you're always meeting their expectation or do you think that sometimes you're falling short? That's a condensed version of what I was trying to say, but I just Oh thanks.
1: You're welcome. Hmm. I don't know. Because like I feel like sometimes I just I don't even really think of the question. Mm, You don't think about his expectations. He just kind of
3: exists over there, huh?
1: Yeah, I I, I just, they're they're there, but I don't really think of them. Mm. I know he has expectations of me, but I don't really think about them because that can really, that, that, it's just like, it's just, it's just messy because it, for for you to start thinking about like the expectations your dad has for you, what if I'm not meeting them? What if I'm not good enough? That, that's just it's just it's not good for for yourself to to put that on yourself. I I am personally hard on myself, so I have expectations set for myself. So mm-hmm. mainly I like to focus on their those expectations so and then I try to like adjust them and Mm -hmm. I I try to make the expectations how how I want to ex how I want myself to live up and how I want the standard for myself to be. And mom is in the chat, she said you harder on
3: yourself. Okay. All right. Jada, do you think you're meeting your dad's expectations? And your dad wants to jump in here, but go ahead. Yes or no? Yeah. Go ahead, Brandon.
8: Go ahead, ahead,
7: Brandon.
8: No, go go ahead and let Jada answer first. But then I have a follow up question for Sam.
7: Personally, um, I think the only reason why I have such high expectations for myself is because of the ones that were set on me in the household. So I kind of adapted to those and kind of made them my expectations. But I also feel like sometimes I feel like personally speaking that my dad has like a lot of expectations for me and preparing me as i think he said the next generation and i feel like as a kid or as a teenager i feel like he can be so wrapped up in trying to prepare me for what he wants to prepare me for that he kind of lacks of allowing me to kind of find or have a certain life like find myself personally and i personally experience this because that's just how I feel. And I know like parents have these high expectations for us, but sometimes I feel like they get caught up in it, that they're kind of, it can be suffocating at times where it's like, I just wanna like live my life. Like I also have these kind of big plans or these big things that I wanna do with my life. And I know you just want the best for me, but I also want to find my own life because you've lived yours and I wanna live mine. That makes sense, Brandon.
8: Yep, it's interesting to hear that viewpoint, um, and the reason why I say that is because um, I know that growing up myself, and and this was and, and this kind of ties into the follow up question that I had for for Sam too, relative to while you may not be thinking about your dad's expectations and you have expectations. How were those shaped? Where where was the reference point relative to the expectations that you have for 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 yourself, Sam? And and then I'll speak on Jada's comments some more.
3: Oh, Brandy gonna take over moderator duties. Go ahead,
1: Sam. No. Um. Yeah, they they came from like just my dad and my mom and how I was raised. Uh, their expectations for me. Kind of built into my expectations for myself. And then I just try to be, I try to live up to my expectations the best I can. I, I, trying to become an engineer, try, trying to, become, try, trying to give back to the community and speak up about injustices. I just have expectations for myself when I, grow up and right now. Okay. And then um, Brandon, go ahead and uh, speak on what you wanted
3: to speak on in terms of Jada, because we gotta get to yeah. the criticism that this movie uh, Sure,
8: sure. Yep, and, and all of those, those things can, can, can be done, Sam, by, by the way. Uh, speaking to what Jada was saying, I know that myself growing up, it, it's like as, as a parent, right? You've got a child and at the age of 18, that child will become a legal adult. Functional adult is something different, but that child will be a legal adult. And from the age of 18 on, guess what? You get to live whatever life you want to live. But while you are a minor and living in my household, relative to the bills that I pay, the air condition that I gift you with, the water that I gift you with, that all that stuff, I need to make sure that you have what you need and I, and, and you will get the things that you want, but I got to make sure you're doing what needs to be done. I got to because if I don't make sure that you're doing what you need to be done, I'm failing you.
1: Mm.
3: Mm.
8: Can, I, now, can I say one thing? Yes, one thing. yes
3: go ahead. Yeah,
8: that was that was great.
11: That was great. B. That was great. And I have to um, just context on my my style as far as my boys is that. For me growing up without a father and not having a father in the home to be a an example i use that as motivation to become a better father for my children and that's because there was something i didn't have a foot i didn't have a a manual on how to be a man growing up because i didn't have an example in the home so uh, it took trial and error for me it took me to make a lot of mistakes to bump my head plenty of times in order to learn what was right what was wrong so and I think overall from parents, sometimes we do that. We strive to use our own personal experiences that might have been positive and negative to cultivate to be better for our children. And sometimes our children might not understand the reason behind what we do and how we do it and why we do it. But as they get older in life and they become adults, they, they come to a realization of why we were doing the things that we were doing and the reason behind it. And, and it happens all the time. It happened with me Sometimes, sometimes my mother, my grandmother said some things and some mentors that I had and they said did some things when I was younger and I didn't understand it then. I understand it fully now because I'm in a in an age and a maturity level to understand. it, And I think that goes a long way when it comes to parenting, especially with having uh, being a father.
3: Gotcha. Um, And just to segue just a little bit, because this movie did not come without any criticisms in in the parenting style, in the fact that it was about their father and not about them. They wanted to see more about Venus and Serena's story. Um, And so I have this clip that I want you guys to check out, and then we'll come back and get some reactions.
0: Good old social media logic. So apparently some people have an issue with the movie King Richard, which is about Serena and Venus Williams' father. As you can see by this tweet right here, this just shows, like this This person literally exposes himself in the tweet, paraphrasing here, but saying something like, did they seriously make a, a film about two powerful women, successful women, and they made the movie about their father? Then to go on and say, well, I didn't expect a film about two powerful and successful black women to be about a man or named after a man. I would have loved this film to be all about them and not about a man. You're showing your colors or your whiteness. You have an issue with men, maybe even your father. The signs are stated all over your tweets. Did you not know Serena and Venus wanted this movie done themselves? Like they're, they're behind the movie. The two powerful and successful black women that you're talking about literally back this. They want this story told. But no, you don't understand that because you don't like men. Like you have an issue with men. I don't know what your preference is, but I'm just saying in general, you have an actual issue with men and it's showing. But I have to say this, you as a white woman, yo, speaking on black men and black women, like, in all honesty, like, you can do whatever you want. But we can say whatever we want back. And I'm going to say this. Hush up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Melissa, you got your hand there. What's up, mama?
6: They would not have been Venus and Serena Williams without their dad. Period. Point Uh blank. He was the one who was hard on them, as hard as he needed to be, because not only were they girls, they were Black girls. And so he wanted to the comment he made in the beginning, he wanted to keep them off the streets. He didn't want them doing certain things that their area would have, the area they lived in would have wanted them to do. Without their dad, they would not have been the amazing people, the inspirations that they are today. So yeah, like the guy said, she has a problem with men, not just men, but black men. So that's not an issue she needs to be speaking on because it's not an issue at all. Yeah,
10: go You know, the fact that they grew up in Compton, he knew what needed to be done to keep his kids off the street. And yeah, some of his tactics may have been, some would say aggressive. Um, however, look at where they are. For and and there are a lot of people that don't understand that They don't come from our culture or our neighborhoods. You know, they're going to criticize, you know, his style or whatever the case may be. But look at where they are. And he succeeded. And had he not done what he'd done, um, look where the family would be. You know, I don't know, you know, a lot of people don't know about what happened to their older sister, but she she ended up getting shot, but he was trying to save all of them, you know, mm-hmm. from that. He was successful. He got it done. Yeah. Sometimes, no. uh, you know, um, radical, radical times call for radical measures and he was a radical in his time. And he said it best in the movies. You look at all of these other, he said it, all these other white kids and white parents, their kids are washing out. You know, they, they they couldn't handle you know the stress of it. But he made sure that they maintained they maintained a healthy child lifestyle as he was grooming them to be who they are today.
3: Yeah, and I don't want to uh, dismiss because I know we had a, a comment from Miss Evans, um, and she was talking about her sister um, played competitive tennis, um, and the you know how the organizers of the matches made sure the draw is set so that all the kids of color would eliminate each other in the early rounds. Um, And, you know, there was always something that they were doing to kind of, you know, make sure that we didn't progress to those later rounds. And so I think that it was absolutely amazing that he kept their focus on education and being children. um, And that they knew, I don't know if you guys were paying attention to her body language when he was telling the man to go on and move on. She answered it with confidence. She started picking her nails like, yeah, go ahead and tell him daddy. Like, yep, yeah, I said what I said. And she knew that she could say what she wanted to say because she had the covering of her father. And that makes a big difference. Even though some people may not understand that. I used to, um, when I was in high school, I, I always used to say, I wanna be daddy's baby, I, I always wanted to be daddy's baby girl. Because with that, to me, came a covering or uh, some sort of protection um, that was, oh, hey, Chris. <laughs> uh, some sort of protection that came with having daddy in the picture, right? There were certain boys that wouldn't step to you in certain ways because daddy was in the picture. As a matter of fact, I know like there's Jada be on the phone and her dad goes like, who you talking to? Give me the phone. And he'll go to people's house. Like her dad's crazy. Um, but I I appreciate that. Because I think that that's something that I would have liked, you know, growing up is to know that I had a dad that people um, would think twice about stepping to me in a certain way. So, um, Anaya, uh, talk to me.
5: <laughs> what would First you of all, me to answer?
3: You can, you can answer that last clip about, you know, the lady should hush up because she's in family business and she's not part of the family. We could talk that. Or you could tell me about the difference that, uh, does it make a difference having your, do you think, because you've always had your dad there, but do you think it would be different if your dad was not in the home? Do you think you would do something different? I don't know, I'm just speculating. I'm asking you to speculate.
5: I'll answer the first one. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So about the video. I think at the end of the day just stay at black folks business but that's my opinion on just like that topic about yeah. anyways um do you think they should have
3: named this do you think they should have named this fo- this film after their dad
5: well i mean like i don't know why she was surprised i was about their dad if it, his name is the title what <laughs> were you expecting like, she oh, I'm watch Joshua. This movie called reading. King Richard. I expect it to be focused on Venus and Serena, nothing about their father being shown. But it, but it, don't watch the movie. If you have a problem with men, don't watch the movie. If you didn't like the title, don't watch the movie. You know?
3: Um, I'm just saying, common sense, right? It's
5: common sense. Yeah. And like what Melissa was saying, like, not that they would be nothing without their father, but their father obviously had an impact in their life. Their father was the one, and I'm not going to like say their mom wasn't there present in tennis because she was, but their father was the one pushing them so hard to be where they are today. So without him, maybe they wouldn't have made it as far. So I do think that um, without his story, you wouldn't have known anything or like Mm. a lot of pieces would have been left out of how they're raised and what they did.
3: To become how good they are today, so yeah. Sam, does she need to shut up? I mean, hush up. Do the
1: critics who expected this movie to be about somebody? (laughs) Okay, tell me why. Yes, like with again with the title, like King Richard. What you think is about? Is a what? What did you expect? What did you expect? This is about to be all about Venus and Serena. And their dad is gonna be like a little sprinkle character, no, because the 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 parent in this case is the father builds the foundation of where they are today and builds the foundation of their children. Come on, Sam. So you can't you can't make a story about Venus and Serena without making a story about their father. Mm. I like.
6: Yeah, I I like that, Sam, and. We are who we are because of our parents, no matter if it's positive or negative. So they became a a positive reflection of the way that their dad was with them. And if it would have been, if he would have been too hard on them, like some people thought, if he would have done more or done less, it would have, they would not be where they are today. So we are a reflection of what happens with our parents, whether that experience with them is positive or negative.
3: I think so. Oh, who's that? Shamar? Or Eric. was right. That was, Eric. That
6: was Eric.
10: I I think some of the, the the criticism comes from us as the black community. We knew their story. We knew that their success had everything to do with Richard. She probably didn't know nothing about the man. <laughs>
8: <So> <laughs>
10: Maybe. <laughs> she she probably has an issue, you know. But we knew, you know, of of the of them growing up in Compton and all that stuff. But nobody else, you know, they they don't know. It. White
11: people mm. don't pay before Maybe. they talk. At but here's all. a here's another question though what would happen if the role was if the if the role was reversed and he wasn't there or wasn't present and they showed a depiction of him being the deadbeat dad uh-huh. then how would that be viewed then would she have an issue if that if that perception was was, was portrayed for him that he was an alcoholic and it uh, was a deadbeat and really didn't invest in their future and they took it upon themselves would she have a different viewpoint of the movie at that point that story's
10: been the- told that story's right. been told already. All of the sports movies, the dad always shows up when they make it. It's and been told already. Or
6: right. they wouldn't have even made a movie about it because that's the standard. That's what they think our dads are like. They wouldn't have even made a movie. So,
11: yep. So the moment you have a black father who's doing what he needs to invest, you have an issue with. But we have prior examples of parents of other shades of color who are not investing in their children and in, in the news for other reasons case in point shootings that we're having right now going on in our in our communities and hmm. and schools and you have parents that's behind it, but you're not we're not speaking on that. And we're not speaking on those parents who are driving those decisions for their children. But you have a father who's over here portraying the good things and put more energy in making sure that his children were successful and you got a problem with that. It just shows you where our society is at this point.
3: Well they didn't want the tape to be to be told in a different way. Right. So they had to turn this into something negative because it was nothing negative about this movie. If right. he was a deadbeat, they would have been happy with that because that's the tape. Right. But when you change it and you focus on this father who was there from I would say conception on, right? And you have this family dynamic. He did what was best for the family. He the it says write the vision and make it plain. He wrote out a whole plan for their lives before they were conceived and then put it into practice or put it into motion and and really work them to fulfill this thing that he had written down. He was committed to making sure that they could really um, talk about their own experiences in the way that they needed to when they got older. And it wasn't dependent on whether people were gonna be nice to them or people were gonna find their story favorable. They were actually executive producers on this film They were there every day, and they saw everything that was put into it. So I would say she should probably have kept her mouth closed because she didn't know enough. Who has their hand up? There were so many people.
1: Like, Samuel. (laughs) About the shooting, that Kremlin kid. Oh, it's just such a coincidence. Oh, parents buying their underage child a gun. What? Saying he shouldn't get in trouble about looking up ammo in class. What? What? And then, on the day of the shooting, they magically disappear. What? Makes no sense. Bad parents. Not good parenting. Aren't at all invested in their child's well-being. And just... Just... I'm sorry. Okay, so Sam is,
3: Sam is absolutely frustrated. Okay. Um, and, and I wasn't going to spend no time because we've actually run out of time for this show. But I'll keep going for a little bit. Um, because I think it's absolutely important. First of all, I want to give our condolences to the families that lost young people at Oxford High School. Um, you know, and, and as time continues to go on, I need parents in our communities to be on the lookout for copycats. That is a very real thing. Um, and that's why I got so infuriated when they started pulling black boys out of a school because they got a post uh, basically with conservative language um, that mentioned the N-word in it. And they thought that this was black children about to shoot up a school here in town. Um, And so over the weekend yesterday, they had another thing where somebody was talking about they were gonna shoot up a local high school. One, I I want parents to be on alert. Two, I think it's important that we have this conversation Um, Because we all know, if this person, okay, listen, I I need to block somebody. Sorry, guys. Um, We all know that um, mass shooters, most of them are non-melanated, meaning they are not Black. And at no time when that school was shut down, when uh, Consumed Oaks was shut down, did they search all students. They only searched Black students that were picked out of a yearbook by some random person. And so we're going to have to get real and we're going to have to start talking about certain things in our communities. The reason SROs were put on campus was to thwart mass shootings that they have not had in this area or in most areas. Um, And so I think that we need to be holding administrators accountable. We need to be holding people accountable because what happened and the warning signs that this little 15-year-old boy at Oxford, Mr. I don't even want to say his name. I'm going to call him EC. Um, What he did and what he was showing like drawings of people dead, you know, with bullet holes. Um, He had posted a picture of this gun that he had gotten as an early Christmas present. It was purchased on Black Friday. Um, The school had received multiple um, concerns or multiple calls about concerns about there being a shooting. They said they investigated and that there was no such threat. And the day later or a couple weeks later, four students are dead so in we have to have a conversation so it was
11: hours it's the same day he had a, they the had same a meeting day. with him they had a meeting with him oh yeah they tried they tried to kick him out of school the parents refused to let him get out of school he went he left went back to class went to the bathroom pulled out his gun and began shooting students in the same yeah. day
10: disgust yeah yeah that's exactly what happened
7: and it was but posted on social media that even in the school shooter's bio it was like oxford like it was starting, it was like oxford you're next or such and such like how do you not see that I mean, and and I know that that
3: the shooting happened the same day after their meeting. What I'm saying is prior to that, the school had been receiving threats. Prior to that, they had seen uh, somebody left a head of a deer on campus. Like there were so many things going on. And at no time did they decide to talk to parents and say, hey, we're taking seriously. As a matter of fact, the counseling staff never even told the administrators that they had brought him and his parents in according to them. It doesn't make sense, but that's what they said. And so now you have these students who have lost their lives because they did not send this boy home because they allowed his parents to refuse to take him home. And I didn't know that was an option. I'm very surprised by that. I didn't know that parents could refuse to take their children home when they're summoned up to the office to talk about their behavior.
10: Yeah. I believe the parents got charged with a uh, manslaughter or something like that. They charged the parents. And so I think that should definitely be a message you know, to the parents because they could have kept them home or, they could have did something other than what was done.
3: Or, or they, they could have disclosed the fact that they had purchased a firearm and that he had access to actually commit something so heinous.
11: It was his gift. It was his Christmas gift.
3: I know. It was his gift. I mean, but still, like, you, like seriously, I've seen black kids hemmed up for less. I've seen black kids hemmed up for uh, coming in a the, in the room with a baseball cap on. Um, I've seen uh, black kids get jumped and and be charged with expulsion because they defended themselves. I've seen all kinds of things. And at no time, because one of the things in ed code, that's supposed to be in, an automatic expulsion, right? Possession or whatever. Nobody checked this fool's backpack. Do, do, do they know he could have shot up everybody in that office? Nobody checked his backpack. He's looking for ammo on his phone. The teachers are reporting it. Like, seriously, there was a threat of a gun on a campus up here. They pulled the black boys who did not fit the description out and searched them. They searched them. And so now you have a, a whole bunch of traumatized kids who saw kids die in front of them. Unsuspecting kids, kids who, and everybody's talking about this little boy who is basically pleaded no guilt, not guilty. In what world? like we we really we really have to talk about some stuff in what world? why are there two discipline systems in education or in the criminal justice system? It's why America. wouldn't they have called why wouldn't they have called law enforcement like they do for black kids not tying their shoes?
10: this country that's what this country has been built on we're We're built on two different systems there's one for us and one for them, and the one for us is not equal. To the treatment that they get, you know, um, that's how it always is. That's how it's always been.
6: They don't care about us. This country was built on the backs of slaves, and then run by people who own slaves. It—they've never cared about us. They don't care about us as people. They don't care about our well-being at all. So then, it translates over into the criminal justice system and into the education system. It we're always at the bottom and on the back burner. They don't care about our well-being as, as as students. Like when we're students, they don't see us as people at all. They see us as a dollar sign on their check. They don't care hmm. about our well-being and who we are as people. And it shows.
8: And that is why King Richard was like part of what he was he was instilling in his daughters is that you are valuable, you are worth, worth, worth something, and, and you can go on and do great things. There are two, two, two Americas. There's a lot of crazy stuff that's going to happen, but you've got to have the mental fortitude to, to push through it because the best type of revenge that you can have, especially within a system that isn't designed for you is, is success.
10: Piggy-backing off over of what you said, you know, so this is why when parents have these expectations, is because you know we've lived this life and it's just a rerun right and so when our children are going through certain things we've already been through it we've played this thing over and over again in our head and, it, and have experienced it so when we're trying to give the blueprint of how to handle certain things and certain decisions to make this is why you know we are so hard on our children as parents because you know um the life for black folk is not easy in any um, realm of possibility—it's just not easy. So we have to we have to approach things a little bit differently.
3: Yep, and uh, unfortunately, um, people will play dumb, and that's why you got their great, 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 great grandchildren in positions of power putting in legislation to keep people from learning about the history of this country. Um, additionally, um, we can't just sit and talk about racism. Right now, we're in a position now, we got to start giving them absolutely clear-cut examples of their foolishness because they like to play dumb or they are dumb. I don't know which one it is, but it just is what it is. So um, I just want to underscore what Brandon said. That is absolutely why having their father there um, was so important because he was tougher on them than probably anybody could ever be, and he Prepared them for the racism and the vitriol and the non calls they would get in the tennis world, and that's why they are they're continuing to be successful today. um But look, we don't ran out of time. I absolutely thank you all for joining us today, and maybe we'll have to put something else together so y'all dads can come powwow with us. This was a good time right here, um and so maybe we'll get the mamas up on here one of these good days too, or maybe we'll have y'all. Yeah, I don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see. Um, But we want to thank y'all for joining. Make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts uh, and subscribe to Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Make sure you go ahead and go by our student store, pick up some BVBOE gear. I don't have my bag here because I left it at home, but I'll show y'all next time. And uh, what else? What else? Am I forgetting something? Oh, make sure you join us here next week at four o'clock. We will be talking about where all the black teachers went. We know that Brown versus the Board of Education pushed black teachers out of the public education system. And so we're gonna talk about that. And if there are any teachers who would like to join us next week, please, please, please DM us, let us know, um, because we absolutely wanna hear your voice on here. So with that, we're gonna hit y'all with the wave. Samuel likes to do regular wave. He wants everybody to do whatever it is that they do. So we, we gotta yeah. do the wave, coordinate. Okay, wait, so hold on, oh, this way, okay. Like this, <laughs> okay. the way. There you go. There you go. We're gonna hit That's you in it. the wave. We'll hit y'all next Next week, four o'clock, right here, live on Facebook and YouTube. Go ahead. What uh, is, it, is it? Okay. There. Yeah. Go, yeah. go ahead.
1: Successful wave. Bye. Eighty percent successful.
3: <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>